to have faith for something, we have to hear God's word. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks for listening. Last couple of podcasts, we've been talking about prayer and um, understanding prayer as not a way to make our will done in heaven, but to let God's will be done on the earth, that we get the privilege of being God's covenant partners and being the conduits of bringing God's will to the earth, being the vessels that we ask God to come to the earth, to, to move on the earth, and to do the things that he wants to be done. And um, that's really awesome. That's a really great privilege that we have as the church. Uh, today I'd like to talk a little bit about the role of prophecy in prayer. So uh, prophecy is when someone speaks out a word from the Lord, and we talked about to always get what you pray for, you have to pray in faith. So Jesus says that uh, he would do anything. He said, whatever you ask in prayer, you'll receive if you have faith. And Mark eleven twenty four, he says, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So we have to have faith. And we said to have faith for something, we have to hear God's word. So faith comes from hearing the word of God. So you can't have faith for something that God has not spoken. You can have desire. You can have want. You can even have an emotion of certainty that you're going to get something. But uh, that's not the same as faith. So really, really wanting something and having faith for it are two different things because faith comes from the word of God. So to have faith for something, you have to hear God's word. And that is why prophecy is so important because the the role of the prophet or the gift of prophecy is to speak out the word of God. And so I think that's why Paul said, I desire that you would all prophesy when he's writing to the church in Corinthians and talking to them about speaking in tongues. He's like, speaking in tongues is great, but what I really wish is that you would prophesy because when we prophesy, we speak out the word of the Lord and then we become informed. Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant. He said, don't be ignorant, but know what the Lord's will is. And an important part of knowing what the Lord's will is, is prophecy. In Amos 3, 7, it says, For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. And so there's a difference between prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the New Testament, and that's really important to understand. And there's also a difference between the gift of prophecy that is available to everyone. So Paul says, I desire that you all prophesy and the office of a prophet in the New Testament church. So we have our apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And uh, so there's, a, there's an office or there's a role of the prophet, just like there is for the, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the apostle. But in the, the New Testament, the office of the prophet is different than the Old Testament office of the prophet in, in many ways. But one of the main ways is that in the New Testament, it talks about when one person prophesies, the others should listen and weigh and test what is said. And in the Old Testament, the way you tested what was said was you waited to see if what the prophet said come to, came to pass. And if it came to pass, then he was authentic. And if it didn't come to pass, you stoned that person. Well, in the New Testament, uh, happily, that is not how prophecy functions. In the New Testament, uh, if a, everyone listens to what the prophet is saying, and we test it by the word of God, 
and we see if what he is saying is in line with the word of God and the other prophets and the other people listening can weigh it. And the Bible says to test everything and hold on to the good. So there's it can get ugly when we mix and match our old covenant concepts of prophecy with our new covenant concepts of prophecy. In fact, it gets messy when we mix and match the old any part of the old covenant with the new covenant because so much of the old covenants passed away and did not uh, come into the new covenant. It's a brand new covenant. Jesus is the guarantor of the covenant. The terms of the covenant are different. The regulations for worship, as Hebrews describes them, are completely different. And the way that prophecy functions is also different. But the core of it is still very much the same, that the prophet is the mouthpiece of God's heart, and the prophet speaks out uh, for the building up of the people. Uh, This is 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. It says, The one who prophesies speaks to the people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Now, this is also a shift from the Old Covenant, where much of prophecy was warning the people that if they forsook the covenant with God, that God was going to come and destroy them. And that was definitely true because the terms of the Old Covenant were different. However, as we've talked about extensively, under the New Covenant, according to Isaiah chapter 54, God is never going to count our sin against us. He's never going to be angry with us because Jesus is the guarantor of our covenant. Under the Old Covenant, the people were guaranteeing the covenant by keeping the law of Moses. But under the New Covenant, Jesus guarantees the covenant for us. And so there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm sure a prophet could bring a word of warning because if we live according to the flesh, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what Galatians chapter 5 says. So a prophet could still bring a warning. A prophet could still bring a um, a word of exhortation to encourage us to, to live holy, to step into the fullness of what God has for us. But there's not the condemnation. There's not the... Um, the wrath of God. Anytime anyone's prophesying wrath, they have not understood the new covenant and they're not a new covenant uh, prophet. And um, they're just probably a very uh, zealous person who is modeling what they've seen in the old covenant. Uh, So, you know, it's fine to be zealous, uh, but zeal without knowledge is not good. So, All that to say, um, (laughs) when we talk about prophecy, it's important to distinguish between Old Testament prophecy, what prophets functioned, the role of prophets under the Old Covenant as to chasten Israel, to to be a voice to the nation of Israel, versus the New Testament prophets who have a role to build up the people, to encourage the people, to console the people. And the gift of prophecy that anyone can operate in, that all believers are exhorted, that all believers are encouraged to operate in. So a a brand new believer can operate in the gift of prophecy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have the role of prophet in a new covenant, a New Testament church. So a New Testament church has an apostle, you know, someone who's founding the church, who started the church, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, and the teacher, and all of those roles serve to build up the body of Christ and to equip the body of Christ. And so one of the struggles of the modern church is the the pastor, the church is really built around that shepherd figure. And so some of the other figures, the apostle, the prophet, 
uh, maybe the evangelist, maybe the teacher. Some some churches have the evangelist or allowing evangelists to operate. Most church, churches have teachers that are, are getting to exercise their gift. But the absence of apostles and the absence of prophets uh, really hurts the expression of church as God intended it to be because those are the 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 pastors and the teachers really care for the flock and 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 educate and help the flock mature whereas the prophets push the flock push the congregation push the assembly of God into the new things that God is doing and likewise the apostles tend to be kind of pioneers pioneering the new work of God they're the sent ones the word that is used for apostle is the same word that we would use today for missionary so apostles are pioneering new places starting new churches and so their role is um, really critical as part of church life and to keep a healthy church so sorry for kind of that lengthy introduction but it's important to understand otherwise people kind of have this old covenant old testament concept of what a prophet is with the long beard and the robe and uh, they think of that and really what I'm talking about primarily in the context of how prophecy and prayer work together is not uh, the office of prophet, but the gift of prophecy that every believer is encouraged by the Apostle Paul to walk in when he says, I desire that you would all prophesy. And so my purpose in talking about prophecy with prayer is coming back to what does it mean to pray in faith? And faith is a response to God's word. So if we're going to respond to God's word, we need to know what God is saying. And so when God speaks to his people, that is the role of the prophets to deliver that message to the people. So one example that we have in the New Testament is Agabus. And Agabus shows up twice in the book of Acts 1 in chapter 11, beginning verse 27, it says, Now in these days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, And one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. That is so awesome. These people are gathered together. They're having a church meeting where the Spirit of God is speaking through his people. He's informing his people so that the people can administrate the kingdom of God on the earth. And God is letting the people know through this gentleman, Agabus, this brother Agabus stands up and foretells by the Spirit there would be a great famine over all the world. And so they know this is coming and they begin to act. What an amazing thing that the church is at the forefront of these human relief efforts to relieve the suffering of their brothers living in Judea. And so God gives them a heads up as to what's coming. And that is why prophecy is so amazing. That's why it's so important for uh, people to prophesy in the church so that we can know what God is doing and we can know how we're supposed to be involved. How do we respond to what God is doing? Agabus shows up again in Acts chapter 21. It says in verse 10, while we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So I've even heard people say that the Holy Spirit was warning Paul not to go to Jerusalem, and yet he had already made up his mind in such a way that he was not going to let this word deter him. But basically, the idea and the model that we have here is 
uh, someone who's getting a word from the Lord, who's delivering it to the body, and then the body can respond in staying in step with what God is doing. And this goes back to the following in Jesus' example that we're only doing what we see the Father doing. We're only doing the things that God is leading us to do. Two podcasts ago in the podcast, How to Always Get What You Pray For, I mentioned Lamentations 3.37 that says, Who has spoken and it came to pass unless the Lord has commanded it? So the function of prophecy in prayer is to let us know the word of the Lord so that we have faith to pray for the things that God wants to do because faith comes from hearing the word of God. And that connects us to, to John, First uh, John chapter 5. And he says, this is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. And so prophecy is so important and so connected to our prayer life. It's just the leading of the Holy Spirit telling us, showing us what he's going to be doing, what is on his heart, what is it that he desires us to pray for so that we can have faith to ask God, and a prayer prayed in faith is always answered. And some people confuse a feeling of uh, confidence with faith, but uh, human confidence is not faith because faith is grounded in Scripture. Faith is based on something that God has said. So you can have a a person who has an emotion of certainty, oh, I'm certain that this is going to happen, and they could still be wrong, or they could still even be disappointed. Like someone who has a a very strong emotion of certainty, and they're asking God to do this thing, and they have this this certainty that it's going to come to pass, and then they don't see it, and they're so disappointed. Well, the question comes back to, is that something that God spoke to you? Because to have faith for something, it has to be something that has come from the Word of God, according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And so as we abide in Christ and as we mature, when Christ says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So as we learn to have his word abiding in us and we abide in him, then just the desires of our heart will align with the desires of his heart and we can ask whatever we want and we can have confidence that it will be done. Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So as we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, the desires of our heart actually become a reflection of the desires of God, that our heart begins to desire the things that God desires. And as this happens, we become the expression of God's body on the earth. We begin to live like Jesus. We're only doing the things that we see the Father doing. In Zephaniah chapter 3, the prophet is describing The conversion of the nations is the uninspired subheading in the ESV Bible, but he's describing when the nations will be part of God's covenant. Beginning in verse 9, it says, For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. And so when our lips speak out the words of God, we become a people of pure speech. When we're not just throwing up prayers and our best wishes or our own lustful desires or whatever whatever else we're tempted to pray. But when the, the words of our lips become aligned with the declarations that God is making from his throne in heaven, we become a people of pure speech. 
Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And this is the role of prophecy as it directs our prayer. That prophecy informs the meditations of our heart and allows the words of our mouth to become pure, to become in line with what God is saying, just like we saw Agabus doing there in Acts. And maybe I can talk about this in another episode, but this is also the power of meditation, that as we meditate in our hearts God's word, we become aligned with heaven's purposes, and that is what brings God's prosperity into our life. And Joshua 1.80 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, of course, the book of the law was the, you know, the Mosaic covenant, and God is telling his old covenant partner, look, put this into your heart, meditate on it day and night, and don't let it depart from your lips. But in the new covenant now, we don't live by the law, we live by the Spirit. And yet, even so, we can have the Word of God in our hearts, and we can let it inform our prayers and direct our lives, direct our prayers, direct our, our day-to-day interactions, our day-to-day moments, and we become like Christ. We become the body of Christ on the earth. So in future episodes, I'm going to try and offer a little more practical handles, some stair steps about what does this look like? Okay, how do I begin to hear the, the leading of the Holy Spirit? How do I recognize the Word of God when God speaks something to me? How do I distinguish between what's just a desire that I have and something that God is speaking to me that I can have confidence that I'm praying from his word. And we'll talk about that in uh, coming episodes. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you.